Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us from Terry, who has asked us to continue our top ten movies, but we're going to go upward because I still have to do some 40s research. Filling in the 40s. But we're going to do our top ten movies from 2005 to 2009. Yeah. So we're getting closer to the now. Yep. Which is fun. It's been a couple months as it well. It has, which so. is crazy. I know, it's weird, but we did uh, the musical list. Yeah. We also did our favorite Hollywood hunks in there. Oh, yeah, right. We did that massive Oscars podcast, and then we diverted into doing some video game stuff because yeah. we've been getting a bunch of video game questions lately as well. So been mixing it up. So, yeah. yeah Which has been, been nice. Thanks, yeah. everybody. But Tony and Terry, don't worry. We got you. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Tony got, asked us to go backwards, and Terry asked <laughs> us to go forward. Four so, yep. Yeah. And then genre is a mix of people. and Yeah. Totally. Uh, so, yeah. Favorite movies from five years in a very big movie time for us because yeah. this was end of our university days and going to movies a lot at this point and we've seen tons of movies Some, from this yeah, era. Yeah, great movies from this time period came out. Like tons. It's, yeah. This is the longest shortlist I've ever had. Yeah, Dave actually had to work. <laughs> and not work in the sense that I had to scrounge to find <laughs> yeah, There's no I, alohas on no. this list. This is an actual list. Aloha. Oh, no, that's that's a couple of, no, That's yeah. 2014. I'm good. I yeah. can... Oh. <laughs> 15. Whatever. I'm not making the list anyway. <laughs> well, it might, because who knows by the... Anyway. Well, it can't make the next one is what I'm saying, because oh, yeah, it'd, right. be, it'd have to be our 2015 to 2019 list that Aloha makes. Super. Well, hopefully by the time we get to 2019 and we're doing that list, I'll have <laughs> seen, seen more enough. movies that Aloha doesn't have to be one of them. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, I won the American Idol trivia contest we held before the podcast. I was trying to think of something that would be relevant to this time period, and... That was about the heart of when that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, because the first one was right around, I think it, the first one was just before my first year of school. Yeah. And so, yeah, this would have been right in the height of it. Right in the heart of when it was important. Yeah. A series that neither of us ever bothered to watch, ever. Not particularly. So, as per usual, we did 12. There's two yep. honorable mentions, uh, but as something different, I've actually seen enough short films that I could use my honorable mentions to talk about short films. Fancy. <laughs> so my first honorable mention is a movie that I have talked to you guys about and Dave about a whole bunch of times, and that's Miracle Fish. Mm. I've even sent it to Dave on YouTube <laughs> so he could watch Miracle Fish. It is available for everyone to watch. And you should watch it. It is called Miracle Fish. It is from 2009. It's from. It's about eight-year-old Joe who has a birthday he will never forget. His friends bully him. He sneaks off to the sick bay and wishes the world to go away on his Miracle Fish, which is basically just. Do you know what a Miracle Fish is? It's like a cellophane fish that essentially yeah. like it moves you put it on in your hand, hand and it does. The heat yeah. of your hand makes it like contract and yeah. move. Yeah, and depending on the way it contracts, it's supposed to. Tell you what you like. You're you're fierce or fiery or whatever. Yeah. So he made a wish on his miracle fish, and it curled up. And his wish was for the world to go away, and he gets that wish. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. It was Oscar nominated short from 2009. Cool. I remember you telling me about it, and totally watched it. My honorable mention. My first one is Moon. I wonder if anybody believes you when you say <laughs> things like that. I know I don't, but. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure people have listened to this enough to know that anytime I say something like that, I'm full of it. Yep. 
Moon. Moon. Um, it's basically a one-person movie starring Sam Rockwell, but yep. it also has Kevin Spacey as the voice of Gertie the robot. Yeah. Um, it's it's Which is mostly just emojis and yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fabulous movie. It's essentially it's Sam Rockwell who he's alone on uh, a um moon rock harvesting plant yep. on the moon and they use the moon rocks they send them back down to earth to uh like they mine them for for energy right and uh so he is up there and he's he is at the end of his two-year contract contract basically yep um so he's coming to the end and kind of getting ready for the next person to come in and everything like that and it's a very very interesting story and i don't want to i don't want to talk too much about it because it's a bit of an indie film, so fewer people have seen it. And whereas both of us have seen it, I own it. I think you own it. I don't know if I do, but I've seen. I think it's on Netflix, and I've seen it a yeah. bunch of times on so, there. It's worth checking out, but I don't want to spoil anything because the, part of the fun is figuring out what is what's happening there. So, yep. highly recommend it. It's Sam Rockwell. I, I don't know how you can go wrong because it's Sam Rockwell. Yeah. So absolutely check it out. Yeah, it's very good. My second honorable mention. I don't think Dave has seen it, but he will know about it. Oh, okay. It's called The Little Match Girl. And yes, it is the Hans Christian Andersen story. Oh, okay. And it's done by Disney. I, I haven't, but I know the story. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, they do, it's old school-ish Disney animation. It was in 2006, and they just, they do the story of The Little Match Girl. And they do the proper story of The Little Match Girl, which cool. anyone who knows what that means knows that you're probably going to be crying at the end of the seven minutes uh. because it is The Little Match Girl and it's super sad. But it is that classic Dur- Dursney. It's the classic Dursney. <laughs> it's classic Disney animation. It yeah. looks hand animated. It's that sweeping magical realism that they are so good at. So they did The Little Match Girl. Cool. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. It was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it's still there, but there was the a Disney Shorts collection on Netflix, which just had a bunch of the non-computer animated shorts together. So Nifty. the Henry was a the the story of Henry the the big guy who cuts the tunnel with his two hammers. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, this one, a bunch of cat stuff. Yeah, it's just it's good. Very cool. Huh. Well, hope that's still on there. <laughs> we uh, can check. Uh, my other honorable mention is V for Vendetta. Yeah. Okay. Um, we mentioned last week during our Thor podcast about how much I love Natalie Portman and yep. didn't know that she was in it. Yep. Uh, shaved head Natalie Portman is still gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Weaving as V was great. Um, yeah. I can't remember. It's, that's not Frank Miller, is it? The the comic book? I believe it is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's based on the graphic novel and it's a cool story. And I mean, I kind of knew the story of Guy Fox, but this kind of helped reinforce yeah, the gunpowder plot, the gunpowder and... plot, and everything. And because of that, everybody in the world knows the the rhyme. Remember, remember the fifth of November. Yeah, they just don't know why. Exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great movie. Um. <laughs> yeah, and so because of that, I remember reading an alternate history about what would have happened if the gunpowder plot had succeeded, and oh, like that'd be interesting. Yeah, it was it was all very cool, and a lot of the reason was because of that. And I think it's just it's a very visually cool movie, and I think it's. Especially in this day and age, it seems very apropos. Yeah, it's neat. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, For those of you who haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. 
We did. Was that you and me that went to the preview? I think so. We went to a few previews, and I think that was one of them. I think we did. Yeah. I remember going with to a few different previews with you. Yeah. One is on my list, but. um, (laughs) Yep. I think. I think. I think V for Vendetta was one. I I know I went to the preview. I was just trying to remember. Yeah, so do I. So I'm pretty sure it's probably us. We was together. Yeah. (laughs) Glad we figured that out on the podcast. You're welcome, everybody. Number 10? Mm-hmm. Joya Noel. We've talked about this movie yeah. several times. Uh, I don't remember why. Christmas movies? Definitely Possibly. for me. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing about it. Don't remember what the premise is, but, you know, whatever. December 1914, unofficial Christmas truce on the Western Front allows oh, the soldiers yeah. from opposing sides to gain insight into each other's lives. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's so good. So it's a First World War Christmas movie. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas Truce. And, like, that was... Because that was 1914, right, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Because... The after, unofficial Christmas Truce. After that one happened, both fronts were kind of like... Or both both sides were kind of like, we can't let that happen anymore. We're not... We can't humanize the other side. The upper guys yeah. said that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just really interesting. And I remember... That's such a everybody knows that story. Yep. Right. Like you know. You, and so what? What they've essentially done is they've taken all of the little stories and put it into one stretch of the front. Cool. So you get to see all of the little things that did happen, but they didn't obviously happen within a mile stretch. Sure. Yeah. It happened throughout Europe instead yeah. of in this little pocket of of wherever they were fighting. Right. Cool. So it's awesome. It was on Netflix. It was off. It seems to come on. It's one of those ones, hey? Around Christmas sometimes, gotcha. and sometimes it's not. So I've been trying to get it as well. It is not easy to find, so it's just one of those movies. But it is very good. It is not in English, just so you're aware if you do look for it. It's in French and German mostly, so. Perfect. So you'll be yeah. reading subtitles. Yep. Huh. Sometimes you got to do that. And probably crying at the end. Oh, God. That's a theme in my list this Super. This time. Hey, Dave, you like sobbing? I've got some movies for you. What's your number 10? Oddly enough, a lot of mine are funnier movies. So, Uh, you know, it works out fairly well. My number 10 is Batman Begins. Okay, sure. Um, It's it's a good movie. I really enjoyed watching it in the theater. Um, Like, to the point that I remember coming out just being blown away by the new Batman. And I love Batman movies and just kind of going, oh, what a cool take on it. And... Christian Bale's great and love yep. me some Morgan Freeman. So it was, you know, it was, it, it was a a perfect origin for the new, for the reboot of the Batman trilogy. Sure. So, um, and I mean, it's Chris Nolan. How can you go wrong with Chris Nolan, right? Yeah. The Scarecrow, Ra's al Ghul as the bad guys, fine. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know a lot about Scarecrow and his Ra's al Ghul in the comic books. Okay, yeah, I didn't know anything about him at all. Right. Um, but I knew a little bit about Scarecrow, so that was new territory for me. Yeah. As somebody who grew up with kind of more the the caricature type. King Tut and yeah. Joker and Penguin and, 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 and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, your your Schumachers, your Tim Burtons, or whoever's in, you know, the, the, the boy, right. the Scoutmaster. I said King Tut first. I know you did. Because that that's amazing. what everyone's favorite villain from the original <laughs> Adam West Batman was. Yeah. Don't forget to use the nails, boys. Well, that's the Scoutmaster. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, 
so it was a, a different change. So I was I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but I appreciated yeah. that it w- it was way more. It was darker than all the other Batman movies yep. I've seen. So it was a, it was a good entry into and it's grounded. Yeah, You're setting absolutely. up that grounded, realistic style superhero yeah. movie, which I wish they would have continued doing in the DC universe. But apparently, they decided to do whatever. Well, we're not Zack Snyder, so no, no. Hey, Sean, what's your number nine? It's the White Ribbon. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey Sean, what's the White Ribbon? How much do you like movies about World War One? The there aren't a I, lot. There aren't. I, I feel like the few that I've seen, I've enjoyed because it's interesting subject. Like it's this is pre World War One. Okay. Like just before World War One. Year. Like the kind of like the the. Powder keg that was Europe during, like, just before World War One, or yes, okay. But you're in a small village in northern Germany. Oh, during the years, which seems to, there's some sort of there's strange events, which seems to be some sort of ritual punishment, and you're figuring out who did it, and it's sort of a weird showing you how what's coming is coming. Really? Through the children. Because they would be the adults at the time when Hitler's coming. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's super good. <laughs> Sounds like a really happy movie, too. Oh, man. It is a laugh riot. <laughs> Two and a half hours of the best black and white German ritual punishment you have ever oh. seen. Oh, <laughs> God, that sounds like a hard watch. It is very hard, but brilliant, sounds amazing. Yeah, like it's very, very. Some very, of the best movies are the hardest ones to watch. Exactly, right? and like, this is one of them. American History X is one of the best movies, but so hard to watch. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, the White ever, Ribbon. If you ever watch Outlander and bring it back to me, you own the White Ribbon. I definitely own the White okay. Ribbon. Cool. Because I feel like that's one that probably wouldn't be on Netflix. Never. Yeah. Okay. Is it English or is it German? No. Is it English? No. I know you said that seven of your ten movies are not English. I yeah. just wondered if maybe that was one of them. No. This is from Germany. Okay. Made by a German okay. about this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, probably the best person person who has the best grasp on it. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, my number nine is a movie that you and I did see at a preview together. Okay. It's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. It's ridiculous. I love that movie. It's so good. So... Robert Downey Jr. is so good in it. Val Kilmer is so good in it. Fat Val Kilmer is amazing. Yeah. Um, So, for people who haven't... Because it's not a super common movie. No, it's, I this like, is culty the same way stuff like The Usual Suspects is culty. Yeah. There's a... A chunk of people, especially our generation, yeah. who know it, who love it. Yeah. But there's a giant swath of people who have never heard of it. And this was kind of right around the time that Robert Downey Jr. was starting to surge back. Yep. Um, so anyway, it's basically, he plays a, a small-time thief who ends up, uh, uh, through circumstances, ends up in an audition and gets cast as this... He's brought from New York to Hollywood yeah. to maybe be in a movie about being a thief. Yeah, but then it ends up that, you know, he there's a mystery to be solved. And it's kind of like a, a 
funny take on a film noir and like because there's you know yeah, he, he breaks the fourth wall and he talks to the audience and you know you're trying to figure out how everything's raveled up and how everything's tied together and you know then he meets Val Kilmer whose character's name is Gabe Harry and like it's just and he's a private detective he's a private detective yeah. and so he's hired to teach Robert Downey Jr. kind of the ways of the private detective world and yep it's and as a result they end up there's an actual mystery that they have to solve and it's ridiculous and funny and like you get the 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 Robert Downey Jr. dry delivery but you get the the seething sardonic wit that comes with most gay characters and Val Kilmer does such a good job of him and he's like yeah it's just it's very fun very good i can't remember like we just got tickets for it we're like yep. okay well we'll go check this out it seems like it could be fun and, and then me we, and Derek yeah and then we watch it and we're like yeah, I think we all own it now. Yep, I do. Because definitely. Oh, I, I, I absolutely do, and I'm pretty sure Derek does too. Because it's one of those ones. I'm like, yeah, every now and then you just need a little bit of RDJ and Val Kilmer in your life. Yep. Yeah, very, very good. So yeah, if if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, I'm gonna do that at the end. Totally. So people get through. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> we'll just say it every time. Yeah, exactly. My number eight. Mm-hmm. Called Lust Caution. Okay. Hey, Sean. Hey, Dave. What's lust, ca- lust caution? During World War II... Uh-huh. There's a theme here. Uh, yeah, that's there's a lot of war <laughs> movies on this. Okay. You'll know the director of Lust Caution. Okay. It's Ang Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, Brokeback, right? He did Brokeback? Yep. Okay, cool. I'm just trying to get all my recent directors to have worked in Calgary. So this is World War II era... China, occupied China. Oh. And it's a story about a young woman who gets swept up in a an in game of like espionage, intrigue and sort of things with a powerful Japanese political figure. Okay. Interesting. It's 2 hours and 40 minutes of laugh riot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a romantic thriller. Okay. A bit of an erotic romantic thriller. Just so you know what you're getting into, sure. there is a lot of nudity in this because okay. it is called Lust Caution. Sure. That stands to reason then. Yeah. Uh, where's that out of? Is China. it out of China? Yeah. Okay. I feel like it never hurts to ask. No. Especially, uh, no. Right. I was not judging yeah. you for asking, but um, I did say it wasn't in English. Sure. So oh, yeah, it would no. be weird for sure. Hollywood to make a Chinese movie. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Yeah. It's a slow burn. Oh, is it? So takes a while to get into. Yeah. So you gotta be okay with that. Yeah. And sometimes those movies, it's a good thing to know. Yeah. Because there's sometimes where I'll start watching a movie and it's just like, oh my god, what am I? What am I getting? I mean, Batman versus Superman was that way. Yeah. It was a slow burn. It was just like the first hour, I was <laughs> bored. Not bored, but it's just like, <laughs> why are we still establishing Lex Luthor's plans? Right. Why do? You- Okay, so this is step 16 of the plan, right? I guess. Oh, now it got interesting. Cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, I, as long as I know <laughs> There's that... Aquaman. Oh, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as I know it going in, then it's easier to, to go, okay, focus, get through this part, and then it'll then it'll get better. Torah, Torah, Torah is the same way. Yeah. This yeah. does not... You have to be in for a slow burn. Sure. But it's, it's, a, it's an unfolding espionage thriller essentially so it's a quiet Sometimes romantic you, you kind of have to have those like yep. you can't have the the payoff right away because 
then what's the point of that movie? You want to be able to kind of work it out and, and really go along for the ride. Exactly. Yeah, I know I get that. Plus, you get to see 30s, 40s Shanghai designed with nice. a giant Hong Kong budget. Amazing. It's really cool. So, yeah. Cool. Lust caution. Okay. My number eight is higher on Sean's list. Yay! Sean, what's your number seven? It's Sin City. Nice. I can talk about this one. I actually was going to put this one on my list, but I knew that... Or I was going to put it on my honorable mentions, but Sean yeah, said it was on I his list. I mentioned it was so. on my list, because I love Sin City. It's so good. I own Big Damn Sin City, all of the comics oh, by yeah, Frank right, Miller. Right. Remember I brought that out for yeah, you, you, the did. thing that is difficult to lift? Yeah, because it's a behemoth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, but it's... It, the movie is so good. It's so good. I love how closely they could... And this was... That was what, 2005? Five. I was, yeah. yeah, okay. So that was 12 years ago. And yeah. the things that they were able to do with the CG and everything. It stands up. It's gorgeous. It I still looks like a comic it. book. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so perfect. And like just the, the smattering of color and, you know, you want to talk about, you know, there's three different, there's different styles. Like you have the kind of the film noir and then you've got the, like the, um, the Clive Owen section is different unto itself. Yep. And like, and I mean the the Marv like all of it is just so good. Yeah, it's a, essentially if you haven't seen it somehow, which is it's possible. Sure, it's a hyper stylized crime thriller. Yeah, done in a black and white comic book style with splashes of color, like yeah. Dave said, for emphasis. Yeah, which is exactly the way the the books are. Yeah. Uh, you follow three main stories. Yeah, Marv and then Clive Owen. I can't remember his character. What? Oh. It? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm Shelley's new boyfriend and I'm out of my mind. I, I can remember parts of it, but I can't remember what his name is. Yeah. Um, and it's Jackie Boy. Like, Benicio Del Toro plays Jackie Boy. I just yep, can't remember does. Clive Owen's character. <laughs> so you see those two, and then you see Bruce Willis's... Dwight. Dwight, right. It's Dwight. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see Bruce Willis's, like, the, the Jessica Alba story. Yep. Um, which, which is... Which is the Hardigan cop, the yeah. hard-boiled cop yeah. story. Yeah. But I mean, you also get like the just the little teaser of the Josh Hartnett right at, is that right at the beginning? The boy, yep. Yeah, and so I mean, or man, nah. sure. Yeah. Now in the comics, is there more to that one? Yeah, because I don't know what that like. I, I don't want to spoil it for you. There's also the second movie. Oh, okay, right. So yeah, which is not as good. It, movies like that are tough because that one was so revolutionary. Yeah, and so stylized, and it's like those are the. Th- Three, in my opinion, the three best major stories are in Sin City, whereas right. the other three, they're still great, yeah. but they're not as good, so it does suffer a it's little hard bit. It's to, hard to hold up to the, the brilliance that was the first one. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Um, great, great movie. I'm glad you had it on your list because... It's gorgeous. I it, try and yeah. watch it once every... Well, I try to say once a year, but that's not true. I try and watch it frequently, like sure. regularly, yeah. but it's been a while. I may have yeah. to... Wander back. The nice, I think it's on Netflix right now. And the nice thing about Sin City is because it's kind of three different stories, you don't have to watch it all in its entirety. That's true. Yep. I've done that. Well, like I, I watched at one point, I watched the the Marv story, and then I came back and watched the the Shelley Jackie Boy Dwight story. Yep. And then you know might go back and watch the the Hardigan story. Like those, because you can break it up a little bit you don't feel that compulsion to have to watch it all in one sitting. Yeah, exactly. Which is really nice. Oh, it's so good. It's a really good film. Yeah. Probably, Go Robert Rodriguez. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And does, does Tarantino do one of them? No, it was Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller. They were the ones who... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Cool. Anything else yeah. on Sin City? 
I no. Okay, great. What else is there to gush about? I like the when the guy gets shot with the arrow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Went right through me. I love that guy. It's funny. It's, it's gory. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Miho's amazing. They cast Miho so well. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. And Elijah Wood as the the silent character who doesn't say a damn thing. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. And so good. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, That's all we're going to keep saying about movies. It's so good. Every movie on here is so good, you guys. Yep. What's your seven? Hot Fuzz. Okay. Edgar Wright. uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Bill Nye. Martin Freeman. Like, there's so many. And, I mean, they don't have a big part in it. They're kind of right at the beginning. But Well, Timothy Dalton has. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, sorry. Bill Nye and and Martin Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's. A fun oh and uh J- Jim Broadbent yep. is also in it. It's not as good as Shaun of the Dead. It's not. But it's still fun. It's their it's their spoof on cop movies. Yep. And they pull no punches. I mean they the amount of cop movies they reference in Hot Fuzz amazing. is amazing. Have you ever shot two what? guns have you ever shot your gun up in the air and gone ah? No, I've never shot my gun up in the air and gone ah. Like and, like, they're watching Point Break and Bad Boys too, And, like, everything yep. about it is just really fun. And there's some tremendous moments. That and... fight with Olivia Coleman and the other cops in the supermarket. Right. Where they're just, they continue telling terrible jokes to each other. It's so good. How many times has our friend group said yarp? And that's I... hot fuzz. Oh, yeah. I've sent the gif of yarp to you yep. countless times. Yep. Are you coming Sorry, over? yarp. Are you coming over today, Dave Standard Time? Yarp? Yeah. It's just, it's perfect. I want to find the NARP one. I wonder, yeah. NARP? NARP? <laughs> Good. It's just, and I've used NARP before too, but Yarp is... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's become part of my vernacular. Yep, from Hot Fuzz. From Hot Fuzz. Um, it is, it's the second best, I think, out of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. It would have probably, if I didn't do shorts, it would have been an honorable mention. Sure. I think. Fair. So, I mean, it got it got the, the discussion that it warranted. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the finale, the giant shootout in the town is so it's brilliant. It's brilliantly so shot yeah. and it's so fun. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's it's a shootout. Like, yeah. How can you go wrong, right? And so, Nick Angel? Is that his name? Sergeant Angel. Sar- yeah. I can't remember if it's Nicholas Angel. Yeah. 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 Uh, or angle, depending on, you know, if they're, if it's from the from the blower or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sergeant Angle. <laughs> um, yeah. It's. I was doing a crossword the other day, and a band of hags was one of the clues, and it just made me so happy. He's like, "That's hot fuzz." <laughs> yeah. So it was. It's. It's so fun. It's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, Shaun of the Dead is better, but this one was a very good follow up. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Um. If you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead because you don't like horror movies, mm. this is a great Edgar Wright film to watch. Certainly. Especially because Baby Driver is coming. And it's more of an action-y sort of thing. So right. you get a sense. Because I don't think that Scott Pilgrim does a... You kind of get an action, but that's so comic booky. Is that Edgar, Edgar Wright? Wright? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, there you go. Dave is learning. Woo! Learning. <laughs> Number six, yes. The Lives of Others. Oh, man. Another one that would have been an honorable mention had it not been on Sean's list. This one, clocking at a breezy two hours and 17 minutes. <laughs> I mean, why even sit down? Right. 
It's a German Cold War thriller set in 1984 in East Berlin about an agent of the secret police who is conducting surveillance on a writer and finds himself absorbed in their lives. And I don't, I don't want to say anything because yeah. foreign films especially, uh, now that I noticed that, I believe one of the first films I talked about was in English. Swish. <laughs> um, it's so much less prevalent and it's not on TV a bunch. So it, I can't imagine this is as seen as a Sin City sure. or Hot Fuzz. Yeah. So I don't want to say too much about it because watching this story unfurl and seeing East Berlin 84 and yeah. really I think they did a spectacular job of showing the communist side of Germany. Absolutely. During that era. Yeah. So it was we watched uh, my friend TJ and I watched it as uh, our friend TJ and I watched yeah. it as uh, it was recommended by a professor of ours. And so we yep. I think he lent it to us and we watched it and it is so such a breezy, easy watch. Right, like hilarious. You just, you just go through it. You're like, man, where did the time go? I could have put it as one of my favorite musicals because of all the musical numbers. Like, yeah, a little bit of singing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a really really heavy show. Yeah, but just gives you kind of insight into that world and what it was. And because the writer is it's intelligentsia, so going against the regime. So then is is he going to try and flee to the West? Is he gonna? Yeah, all of this tied into getting a a real good portrait from a German, again, mm-hmm. of what was going on in that time. So. Yeah. Absolutely worth checking out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah. We're going to say that to every movie, and I'll say it again at the end, but yeah. this is one that I am sure fewer people listening have seen. Yeah. I'm just really pumped that I've seen it. Yeah. That's like two of the five. Right? <laughs> Running at 40%, Dave. Go me. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the end of it for me, isn't it? What's nice is that I own most of these, so you'll be able to see them. Super. <laughs> My number six is Burn After Reading. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's Coen Brothers, so how can I not love it? Sure. Um, stellar cast. Obviously, Frances McDormand is in it because she's she in is. all of their movies. Yep. But Brad Pitt and George Clooney and... That. Sorry, Brad Pitt and the Tang. Thank you. Whew, I was like, what? Don't it, break it, tradition. <laughs> am I wrong? Oh, no, yeah, okay. Uh, John Malkovich and... Um, J.K. Simmons is in it. J.K. Simmons is in it. He's Briefly. my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Because everything, like... It's it, in two... We can't say what he does because it's such a spoiler, but you're right. He's so awesome in it. We're just like, all right, whatever, fine. Yeah. In true Coen Brothers fashion... There's a bunch of different things that end up tying in together, and then there's kind of the debrief. And yep. so, I mean, like, I don't want to get into too much of the stories or anything like that, but they're just ridiculous and so fun. And it's mistaken identity and people kind of spoofing other people. Oh, who's, um, who is the, the sorceress, the witch in Doctor Strange? The witch in Doctor Strange? Like the, the China, the, the, the person who shouldn't have been, what's her name? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sorry. No, it's just there's a bad guy in oh. Doctor Strange's witch, and I'm like, I don't know if she was mentioned, but why would Dave know that? Yeah. So, yeah. Tilda Swinton plays the ancient one. The ancient one. Yes. Right. Okay, yes. That's Doctor Strange's teacher. Okay. Not a <laughs> Sorry. Right. I just knew. I was trying to, like. Nope, that's fine. You are you haven't seen it. You yeah. don't know the, the lore. That, yeah. Yep. But she's in Burn After Reading, right? Yep. She plays yeah. Kloontang's wife, the, the, the yes. author. Yes. Yeah. 
Anyway, so it's just like everything about it is ridiculous and it all ties in together and it all encapsulates when you have J.K. Simmons and it makes me so happy. I watched it recently and I didn't get to see it from the beginning because uh, it, it was on TV and I'm like, oh, oh okay. And wow. not on one of the channels that you can now restart no, something that started? No, a great feature. It's such a great feature. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. But no, and this was before that had happened. Right. Um, this was a couple weeks ago and uh, anyway, I watched it so that I could see that part and I was just like ah it makes me so happy oh, that's a very good movie it's yeah it's very fun it's not my favorite uh, Coen Brothers one because obviously that's the Big Lebowski but yeah. from this time period very good how far away are you from being able to do the a couple I getting closer I think I've got Raising Arizona on my PVR okay uh, and then there's just a couple from the beginning like that Blood it, Simple yeah, and stuff that, that's those tricky really hard ones to find but I okay. mean even if I can at least get through Raising Arizona and kind of the stuff that's accessible, then we can talk about those and be like, well, I yeah. couldn't find these. They're much more hey, rare. Hey, Sean, than- why don't you talk about it? Because... Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, the second half of our list is going to be brought to you by Gustav Kaibo's Racing Yachts. Yeah, obviously. Make an impression at your next regatta with the real handcrafted old world style of Gustav Kaibo's Racing Yachts. Using only the finest and turn-of-the-century craftsmanship, your classic timber-form yacht will draw the eye and the patron as you glide across the water. That's Gustav Kaibo's Racing Yachts, the often-overlooked, never-forgotten yacht. And we're back, and I'm going to hand it right over to Sean, because he goes next. To talk about my number five? Yeah. Mongol. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I like that Khan. one. Yeah. That's from 2007. Dang. I don't even... I bet you I haven't rated that one. There you go. It is literally the early life of Genghis Khan, who was a slave and then starting to rise to become Khan. It is... Awesome. It's so good. It's such a good movie. It may, Is there a sequel? Because the way that it ended, it felt like there should be a sequel. I think there was... There were They were planning on it, right? They were supposed to, but I think that's still in production. Really? Yeah, I think it got bogged down. Okay, I mean, if it's... If it's still coming, then that will make me so happy. Because I loved the first one, and... All I wanted after that movie ended was to watch the second one. I just, I don't know if Sergei Bodrov has done something since. That's, right. That's the director. It's a Russian film. Really? Sir- I, th- I think I knew that, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it should be a Russian film, right? He did Seventh Son. Okay. Uh, the Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. That one. Oh. He did that. So he's doing other things... But he's still, it's still listed. Is it? I imagine he still wants to do it, because why not? It's the continuation. But it that is going to be such a sweeping, because it's the con yeah. years. It's This is when he sweeps out of Asia to take the step and to continue. And yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is production, like budget, it's going to be 
massive massive the the battles that they're gonna have to film and everything like i understand i understand that there's gonna be a lot exactly yeah there's gonna be a lot to this movie so i totally understand why you know you can't just slap this together but that said, you can definitely watch Mongol and not feel like it just stops. No. Because it, it does wrap it up nicely. It does. If this is the only one we get, I'll be as sad as Dave, but it's a great film in it, itself. It really is. And it's one of those ones that's worth watching because you still get this... Everybody knows the story of... I mean, I don't know everything about Genghis Khan. Like, right. All the different... But we... If you know who Genghis Khan is, you know that he basically took over half of the Western world. Yeah. So you know that much, but it's the early stuff that you don't really know. And how did he become who he was? And it's yeah. I, I want to rewatch the, that movie. The Khan battles. Yeah. And, oh man. Yeah. It's He's so good. And it's it's a huge sweeping epic. It's only two hours long. Yeah. Uh, they pack so much story into that, and they don't dwell on anything for too long. Yeah. It's just no. It's it's great. And I just ranked yet another movie on IMDb. Perfect. Do you think if you had that ranked, do you feel it would have made your list? 100%. So, yeah. That, absolutely. That like, I ranked you. it a 10. As soon as I was like, I was, yeah, that's a 10, it would have easily been on this list. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's that's a testament. It's not that I saw it and was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't care about it. It was, I legitimately hadn't ranked it yet and forgot that it was a thing. Yeah. So, Mongol. Yeah. Nice. That is my number five. Man, mine's so lame compared to that. <laughs> mine's, it's not lame. It's Pirate Radio. I think I've talked about it before. Oh, that's fun. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It, I had a great time watching right? it. It's, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's also called The Boat That Rocked. Depends on where, where? you are and where it was released and everything. Yeah. I knew it as Pirate Radio, but it's... Me too. On IMDb, it's The Boat That Rocked. Yeah. Uh, it's essentially, it's an incredible cast of mostly British people. Yep. Uh, Bill Nye's in that one again. Um, <laughs> Chris O'Dowd? Chris O'Dowd is in it, yeah. And uh, Nick Frost is in it. Yep. Um, Murray, I can never remember his name, but he's the manager of the Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I can never remember his name either. He's but in yes. it. But Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. Yep. Kenneth Branagh's in it. Yep. It's, it's, so essentially it's in the 60s when rock and roll is becoming very popular. Yep. It is essentially banned in the UK. Yeah, uh, uh, essentially the the Crown Corporation didn't give the rights to their radio stations to play rock music. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so which is eff- effectively a ban. Yeah. And so they essentially Bill Nye's character gets a boat and they broadcast rock and roll from this boat. Yep. And it's just a bunch of DJs and they're working around the clock to to w- working is a loose term. They are DJing around the clock to Yeah. And when the one of them, there's one of them DJing. Yeah. The rest of them aren't really planning their sets. No, <laughs> no, they're just goofing off and having fun, and yeah. they just get up there and play. Yeah. Um, oh, what's the guy? That, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna remember it anyway. Um, there's another character, like just all kind of the who's who of British comedy are yep. there, right? And uh, it's it's just a fabulous movie. Tremendous music. The end is really good. Yeah. Every time I hear uh, Procol Harum's Whiter Shade of Pale, it reminds me of that movie. There you go. Yeah. It's uh, There's it's, a theme for a throwback tracks for you one week if you want. Here's some movies from Pi- – or mo- songs, songs from, from Pirate, Pirate Radio. Radio. Totally. Yeah. Uh, totally worth checking out. Very, yeah. very, very fun movie. It is a very good movie. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Is it better than Mongol? Eh. No. <laughs> 
Mongo would probably be pretty high up on my list, too. I, I wonder if it wouldn't be higher than it is on mine. It might be. Because, well, the thing, like, next up for me, number four, is was Dave's number eight? Yeah. Inglorious Bastards. I love Quentin. Right. I love World War II movies. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino did a World War II movie with Brad Pitt. And Christoph Waltz and Diane Kruger and Eli Roth and Michael Fassbender and... Michael Fassbender's in that? Yeah, he's the Brit. God. He's Mike one of those... Myers is in it because he's the Scottish guy in the briefing. That's oh, briefing. yeah. Yes. And uh, Sam Levine from uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yep. And, yeah, it's just B.J. Novak. B.J. Novak is definitely in it. And some poor bastard who has to play Hitler. Yeah, well, I that mean, happens. Downfall that actor. Daniel like, Bruhl, he was amazing in it. He was the German soldier in the sniper movie. Oh, yeah, he was really, He's really very, good. very good in yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, well, like, you, it, it's, it's an alternate history on yep. the Second World War. And it's just it's a, a very alternate history. Don't take your alternate. history yeah. from Inglorious Bastards. No. But, no, it's, it's very fun. It's a bunch of different stories that eventually tie together. Mm-hmm. But in, the Inglorious Bastards themselves are a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers who parachute in behind enemy lines to kill Nazis. Yeah, and then it ties into a cinema owner with a premiere of a German propaganda film. Yeah, Nazi propaganda film, not yeah. a German one. Nazi propaganda film, and Hitler's coming, so they're trying to sneak those in. And there was a different plan using the British secret agents who can also speak fluent German. Use an English German actor. Who do you use? Michael Fassbender. Right. So. Oh man, I forgot. He's one of those guys. Because even at that point, he wasn't overly well super known. Super huge, but getting bigger. Yeah. He'd already done stuff like Three Hundred, and he was working with Steve McQueen at that point. And, sure. Yeah. I just like I was thinking because I mean I remember he's in one episode of uh, of Band of Brothers. Yep. And he's in there for about. 15 seconds. I'm like, I think that's Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that and happens. Same with Tom Hardy. Like, it's just one of those yeah. guys who just kind of gets that step. And war movies are great for that because you can play... I mean, Jimmy Fallon played the the private in Band of Brothers, yeah. right? And, and sure did. Just as bad in that as he was in Saturday Night. I love Jimmy Fallon, but like, not much of an he actor. Ru- he didn't ruin anything there, though. Because no. it's just like, there's... It's just a gawky American kid. And that's just dropping fine. off ammo, right? Yep. But... These guys, they, they start on such a small scale, and then all of a sudden, like, Michael Fassbender was Macbeth. Yeah. Right? And, and... And Magneto. And Magneto. And, I mean, I, I I guess that's a little bit more of a draw than Mackers, but... We love Macbeth. Yes. That movie of Macbeth is fantastic. Still TVR, I haven't watched it yet. I'm so... I need the right time to do it, right? You have to be in the right mood for it, yeah. because it is a stark yeah. Macbeth. <laughs> but I, I am so excited to actually watch it. But it's it's Michael Fassbender, and I forgot... Yep. Not that he was in that, but as soon as you said this, like, of course he was. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's such a great film. It is. Yeah. It's probably, it's between that and Pulp Fiction as my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, I can see movies. that. Yeah. And I've seen all of them. Rightfully so. so. Yeah. I'm pretty close with Tarantino, I think. Probably. I mean, especially his directed ones. I don't know, yeah. like. Well, you've seen, like, Natural Born Killers. And yeah. Stuff. But, I'm, yeah. Anyway, I, I haven't seen Hateful Eight yet, but. Oh, Okay. You know. And I've heard anyway. Jackie Brown. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you're so probably only missing Hateful Eight. Anyway. Yeah. Um. My number four. That's what we're at. Is Sean's number three? Yeah, it is. So that means we can talk about it right now. Yay. The Dark Knight. Yep. 
if Band if Band of Breath, Batman Begins was going to be on here, the Dark Knight has the to Dark be. Knight has to because it's better. It is. It's so much better. It, I, I mean, yes, it's, it's no, it is. It, it is, is so much better. better. Yeah, that's nothing. Taking nothing away from your number ten. Number ten. No, the Dark Knight is a by far better film than Batman Begins. It. I mean, you've gotten past the origin, so yep. we don't have to see where Batman is coming from. And he's Batman. did his parents die? I don't know. I feel like we need more flashbacks in order to find out. I I watched The Dark Knight and I had no idea. Right? Like, where are his parents? Why doesn't he just phone them? <laughs> could ask advice. Surely he could use some fatherly sage wisdom. Come on, Bruce. Right? Come on, just Thomas is not that far away. Come on now. <laughs> Oh, poor Bruce. Anyway, <laughs> we've gotten past all that, so now he's just Batman. Yep. And so we get to see the Dark Knight. Yeah. And Heath Ledger as the Joker... Amazing. ...is incredible. It's so good. When I first found out that he was cast as the Joker, I remember Heath Ledger from A Knight's Tale and 10 yep. Things I Hate About You and things where he's kind of like in the you know, the, the comedies and the lighter, lighthearted movies and stuff like that. Back was before this, though. Yeah, I, as well. Yeah, so. but so I know that he had started to make his progression to more of a serious actor. But like the yeah. things that I knew him most for were light, light-hearted, fun. fun, more fun movies. Yeah, I was like Heath Ledger. I don't, I don't know about this. Turns out he's a really good actor. <laughs> Man, that first time you see him, and it's just like, who are you? Yeah. That's a great Joker. It's a great Joker. That the the improvised scene where there's the blow the explosion in the the hospital and he's walking he's out. Wearing it's, the nurses he's outfit. wearing the nurse's outfit and it like the explosion happens and it kind of stops and he turns and like does the click and everything and it blows up and he kind of jumps and keeps walking. Yeah, it's so so good. Plus you have Two Face in it as right? well yeah. with Harvey Dent. Well, and you get to see the the last time we Aaron saw Eckhart. Yeah, yeah. The last time we saw Two-Face was Tommy Lee Jones playing him, and he just, he was just there. You don't know how, I would rather see the origin of Harvey Two-Face than I would Batman, because I don't know how Harvey becomes a Two-Face. Sure. I know how Batman becomes Batman. Yeah. So that, to me, was very cool. You get to see why that happened. Yep. Oh, man, it was, yeah, it, it was, it was so good, and, uh, definitely, Improving the casting choice on on Maggie Gyllenhaal from Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, uh, right? Yeah. Maggie G from Katie uh, Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Nothing against Katie Holmes, but again, it was an improvement. Rachel Dawes was. I sympathize with her more in this one. Right. So I appreciated that that change in casting. Yep. Um. I mean. Yeah, Rachel, or sorry, um, Katie Holmes didn't do much for me in Batman Begins, but I mean, she, she was fine. Kind of, she was kind of a one-dimensional character there, but there's she also had... more depth to her in The Dark Knight. That's exactly so I wonder it, if Katie right? Holmes, if she had stuck with it, if it would have. It's entirely possible. She was yeah. more fleshed out. The love story was there. You got to see her her allegiances. Like there was more to there's it. There's more it's to just, it. It it worked, and I love Michael Caine as Alfred. He's a very good Alfred. And you get to see him more. Jeremy Irons is a good Alfred, too. Yeah, he is. I really enjoy his Alfred. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, yeah. I'm sure we've talked about it before, and I I know I've sent it to you before, but there's a picture during the filming of The Dark Knight when they're they're getting the lights or whatever for an outdoor street scene, Mm -hmm. and they're just killing time, and Christian Bale's in his Batman outfit, and uh, Heath Ledger's 
in his Joker outfit, and they're just waiting. And uh, Christian Bale's just laying on the on the the street, on the like right in the middle of the road because it's all blocked off. Yep. And uh, Heath Ledger is kick doing a, a kickflip over top of him on his, his on skateboard. skateboard. Yeah. It is possibly the greatest photo ever taken. I love it so much. It's a great backstage. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Behind photo. the scenes photo. Yeah. Just kind of a testament to what happens and like. It's just so weird seeing Batman and the Joker hanging out. Yeah. Right? It really is. Yeah. But, no, that is probably the best superhero film ever made. Uh, the only Marvel argument I'd have with that is Guardians, but they are completely different films. Absolutely. Guardians I'd still is... probably lean Dark Knight. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's why it's my number three. And my number four. Uh, my number three is 310 to Yuma. Okay. Apparently Christian Bale just really wanted to be in my top five. Yeah. We need a, a slangy name for him at some point, too. We do. He needs his own clune tanging. Right? He comes up See? a lot. Right? When I could use it as a verb as well. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah. He, uh, I feel like we can't call him the Baylor because that sounds too much like the college. Yeah. Or it sounds like he's just a farmer. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway, Meh. Russell Crowe, Christian Bale... Uh, there's a few other people in it. True. Obviously. But, like, uh, Gretchen Mole has a small part in it. Yep. And, um, uh, oh, there's, there's a Canadian actor, and I can't remember his name off my off the top of my head, but he's a big boy. And he ends up, he's the one who gets uh, stabbed in the neck a bunch of times mm. uh, with the fork. Um, yeah, I know the scene you're oh, talking about, but, nah. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, I can look it up if you want. It doesn't really matter. He's in Will it make like, you feel Mystery better? Alaska. It'll come to me as like anyway. Great movie. It's a, a remake of another of the old version. I've never seen the the original. What, um, yeah, the Glenn Ford. The Glenn Ford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's just Russell Crowe is a uh, is a bandit, and he he kind of runs a gang of outlaws, and he gets captured, and they're trying to get him on the three ten train to Yuma Prison. Yep. And you know they have to deal with Apache Indians, and they have to deal with uh, his outlaw gang following them, who is at that point led uh, led by Ben Foster, who was yep. great in that He's movie. He's very good in that. Um, Luke Wilson has a really, really small part in it. I wonder if oh, it's just yeah. one of those things where he's like, I want to be in a Western. You can be in this movie and play the guy who's torturing Ben Wade. Ooh. Right? So I've got an afternoon. Totally. Give so me some John Purse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um... One of my favorite westerns, I think. Uh, cool. I like the shootout at the end, and like as they're trying to get him from the hotel room to the to the train station. And yep. spoiler alert for a western movie: there's a shootout in it in the town. So yeah. imagine that. Yeah, right. It took me a long time to watch this movie. My brother kind of encouraged me to do so. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And then I yeah. finally watched. It. it was a rainy day. I had nothing else to do, and I was just like, okay, fine, I'll watch this movie. And I was just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Do you have it there for me? Are you? Did you look it up or did? You? No, I didn't. Okay, cool. You just sat. You're sitting there with your phone, so it's just like, oh, okay. Well, you haven't seen the next one, so. Oh, so you're getting ready for your own. Okay. Yeah, I see. That's it. That's all I want to say about Three Ten Tiuma. Okay. It's good. Yeah. I'm not a huge Western guy. I know. It's fine. Yeah. I prefer the original, but oh, okay. also I saw the original first. Right. So then I'm coming into it. 
I think I saw the original, and then two weeks later I saw the new one. Oh, so wow. it's just okay. It was so fresh that I was all I did was compare it. I might need to go back and just watch it again because I think I gave the new one like an eight or something sure. out of ten, which yeah. is still good mm-hmm. for me. Like that's not. It's not you enjoyed the movie enough. Like an eight is yeah. a good rating. Yes, it is. Yeah, but In it's anything, just yeah. I just have to. I might have to watch that yeah. one again just to sure. separate it out from the Glenn Ford. Totally. Kevin Durant, I think his name is not, not. Because it's very he's, similar to the basketball player. Yeah. Um, he was in Mystery Alaska. He's like a tree. The guy's like six foot yeah. six and just built like a... Anyway. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. I just... I just I like don't. the fact that he's Canadian. I'm like, all right, a Canadian boy doing <laughs> well. Good for him. Doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, and Alan Tudyk plays the, the vet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's in stuff. Yeah, exactly. Number two? Yeah. Let the right one in. Oh, I know all about this one. This is a vampire movie. Yeah. Swedish? Yeah. Yes. Look at me go. I listen to you when you talk. That's good. Yeah. This is one I've tried to actually find it. Well, and I've told you I own it. Right. Sure. Uh, but I don't lend you more than one movie at a time. And I still have Outlander, I know. Right. Yeah. Swedish neorealist vampire movie. Overlooked boy finds love and revenge through a beautiful girl who happens to be a vampire. Yeah. Maybe. One... The concept is that vampires can't come into your into their house until you invite them in, right? And yep. that's kind of the yeah. So then, if he invites this girl in, then and I'm not, I don't know the movie, but it, the possibility that if she is a vampire and he lets her in, then he's in. Anyway, yeah, yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, and so, I know that you. I mean, it's your number two, so obviously you love yeah. it. It's also very, very high on my favorite horror movie list. Okay, is it actually scary or is it like no? Yeah. It's not scary, scary, but it's it's a vampire movie. How it's else tense. do you quantify a vampire movie other than horror? Yeah. Right? It's a, Unless it's Dracula Dead and Loving It. It's a drama. It's okay. a vampire drama, I okay. guess. And they're 12. Oh, interesting. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're kids. Oh, cool. He's that being bullied even... at school, so he makes oh. friends with a girl in his building who may or may not be a vampire. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I love it. Yeah. It's such a good film. There was an American remake called Let Me In, which is also good. Okay. But it's not as good as the Swedish one. Right. But I get it. For me, like, Let the Right One In would be a 10 and Let Me In is an 8. Okay. So they're cool. still very good, but I would, if you're picking between the two and it's me telling Dave or me telling the audience which ones to see, try right. and see the Swedish one. Okay. There and for go. Dave, it's super easy because he just brings me back my Space Viking movie and I hand it to him. <laughs> Unless he'd rather see the White Ribbon or right. half of the rest of my list. Yeah. Do you own The Lives of Others? I don't, but okay. it's on Netflix. I, I think. think it is, so. yeah. Okay. Because I would like to rewatch that one. Yeah. You know, on top of all that time, I'm spending watching other movies too. Jesus. <laughs> uh, if we learned anything last week, it's you have about 14 hours of Marvel so you can see... <laughs> see a little bit of that Thor Ragnarok yeah my number two is Pan's Labyrinth sure another great movie yes it is Uh, again one that would have probably been honorable mention if I wasn't doing short films for that right I also really enjoy it well and you know how much I like it so you probably figured I wasn't too worried Yeah. Um, yeah so it's Visually striking movie. We've talked about it in our favorite, like our visually most striking, visually movies. striking movie. Yeah, uh, the starkness of the real world and the I don't even know the rich colors and the the brightness and just the the beauty on top of the horror in the 
the, yeah. the underworld the or dark the, fantasy, the dark fantasy essentially yep. yeah it takes place during i guess it's not the second world no, well, it's, the, it's, the, it's Spanish the Spanish Civil War. Civil War. Yes. But it's kind of right around that time, right? That happens pre-World War II. Pre-World War II, right? Yes. Cause, yeah, okay. 37-ish? Right. I knew it was around there because Francisco Franco? Yeah. Ends up taking... Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. So Well, Franco wins. Franco wins, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... Anyway, so you get the guerrillas fighting the, the, the Spaniards and... This little girl. It's anyway. the loyalists versus the fascists yeah. because then it was still the monarchy was more powerful right. and that sort of stuff. And yeah, yeah, I don't know much about the Spanish Civil War, but I That's just fair. know that this movie is oh beautiful and heartbreaking and gory. Yep. Oh my god, there are some things that are just so hard to watch. Yeah, and it's a fairy tale, right? Yep. But it's like a, a an Grimm's actual fairy, fairy tale, tale instead of Disney. Exactly. Yep. So it's it's. Just a spectacular movie. Guillermo del Toro's best, probably. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. welcome for saying it. Longtime listeners know that Dave has been avoiding saying Guillermo del Toro GDT's the entire time. GDT's best movie. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, no, it's it's spectacular. Yeah, it really is. That's fair. Mm-hmm. My hey, number Sean, one. <laughs> what's your number one? <laughs> Gosh, Dave. <laughs> it's Moon. I love <laughs> It's paprika. It's a movie we talk about. It's a book I talk about. It's an anime I talk about. It's a soundtrack we'll talk about if we ever do our top ten movie soundtracks. Right. It's my third favorite movie of all time. What's your second? Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. I love Jurassic Park. Nice. Okay. I was just like, I know it's Alien. Yeah. It's Alien, Jurassic Park, Paprika. That's a good one, two, three. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen Paprika yet because you still have my Space Viking movie. Sure, but so from all the accounts of you telling me about Paprika, and that gif I sent you of like, hey, check this out, and it's the woman <laughs> jumping through her TV and then growing out of a TV camera at the location that the TV, yeah, yeah, it's about a machine that allows therapists to enter their patients' dreams uh, that gets stolen. And then everything starts melding together. So the real world and the dream world start melding. Oh. That's what it's about. So it's a young dream therapist trying to stop it. Cool. Okay. It's anime. It's gorgeous. It's Satoshi Kon's best. He's the director and animator. Right. Um, He also tragically passed away super young, so we're not going to get more Satoshi Kon. But yeah, no, it's my favorite anime film. It's my third favorite film of all time i can't imagine that will change before we do our top hundreds because something would have to push super hard and i feel like those movies those top five movies of yours and mine they've been there for so long that you see something and it's like because i for the longest time i was like return of the king is in my top five but it just didn't have the staying power that some of these other ones do right and so it would have to be something that you love but that stuck with you and ruminated with you and yeah yeah and i saw paprika in theaters right I saw Jurassic Park in theaters. I never saw Alien in theaters, obviously, because mm. it came up before I was born. Yeah. But, no, there is spoilers, I guess, to when we do our top 100 from the time when, because the very first article we did was my top 10 films of all time. Mm. It's different because a movie from the last three years is now in my top six. Yeah, there you go. So. Cool. Yeah. So, Dave. Yeah. What's your, probably not that surprising to me, but might be surprising, number one? In Bruges. I figured. Yeah. I was like, I know it's going to be on here, and the longer we went, it's going to be in Bruges. No, it's 
with all of the stuff that's coming up. Right. It's got to be in Bruges. I love this movie. I, I know. was Like, I, I'm a big fan of Martin McDonough. I'm a big fan of Irish comedy, I guess. And, I mean, just... It's it's a darker Irish comedy. It is, yep. Um, when my brother told a friend of his that it was about Irish assassins who go to Bruges to escape, like, that it was a to comedy about Irish assassins, he, yeah. his friend thought it was going to be another boondock. Yeah, it's not. And he was very disappointed, whereas my sister and my brother told me about this, and it sounded exactly like something I wanted to watch. I watched it and just howled, and I loved it. It's a great movie. It's a Great, great film. Ray Fiennes is... He's he might so be my favorite part of it. I love Colin Farrell and I love Brendan Gleeson in this, but Ray Fiennes as the boss who has just the most foul mouth yeah, is pretty great. spectacular. And he's only in it for half the movie, but I True. mean, it's, it, it made me want to go explore Bruges. Yeah. Right? Like, I didn't care about Belgium and now I'm kind of going, well, I could I could go, go, go to Bruges. That sounds really fun. Yeah. I, I think it'd be great. I'm so sad for all of our Belgian listeners who are like, oh, Dave didn't care about Belgium. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, there's tremendous history there. Yeah. And so... And chocolate. And great beer. And great waffles. And great football stadiums. Okay, fine. I want to go to Belgium. <laughs> God. We're just all distracted by the Netherlands. <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> exactly. Uh Yeah. I'm good. Well, I guess that's it then. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to have a good old... Well, I guess that's it. You, Mr. and Miss... Well, I guess that's it. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. Thanks, Sean. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys From Podcast. You can email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at The Guys From. Or make a foreign movie. Sean will watch it. I probably won't. Yeah. But one of us will get to that movie. As part of your subtitles, pop in your question. Because, you know, how's anybody going to know if that's not part of the actual dialogue? Especially if it's in, like, Russian or Chinese or something. And then we'll answer it. Okay. You know, because I did that opening, I have to keep your two mistakes in, right? I know. I totally am going to. I know. Yeah. I'll cut them down a little bit, though. If you enjoy the Guys From Podcast and all of its raw glory, tell anyone you can any way you can. And the best thing you can do for us to help get that word out is to leave us a rating or a review on the iTunes store. We're available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Hey, Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? It may be hard to do, depending on where you are, but if you can get out and see an opera, do it. I just watched Turandot recently, and mm. I absolutely loved it. The music is spectacular. It is. The voices were stunning. I would hope you went to see an opera. Right. And the set was absolutely incredible. Uh, opera. <laughs> apparently, this set was built in the 80s, and if it was to be built now, it would be over a million dollars. It wow. was absolutely beautiful. Uh, so do yourself a favor and get some different culture in your life. Sean? Yeah. On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this foreign films podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every day, throwback tracks every Thursday, movies that maybe came from Hollywood, TV, anime, you name it, we probably write about it. And where can they find all that again? www.theguysfrom.com. Hey. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And also, I say this every time we do a list like this, but... Eat 
popcorn. You don't have enough popcorn in your days. You should probably... You know what I'm going to say here if you've listened to any of our lists. I am positive that there is no one out there who has seen these 24 films, especially because I had short films on there. So, check out something. We obviously recommend all of these super huge amounts. If they weren't on our list, we wouldn't recommend them. Special thanks to The Sweets for our wonderful opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. Also, as per usual, special thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our takeout music called Fearless First, as well as our ad music today called Fireflies and Stardust. This has been episode 164 of the Guys From Podcast, All The Film Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing says having a good time like two and a half hours of German punishment. (laughs) Sweet, sweet white ribbon. So usually on lists like this, we've decided that it's more fun if we talk about our least favorite film from the same era. Yeah. We're not often negative when it comes to the guys from, so every once in a while, it's nice to bit like this. Yeah. So Dave. Yeah? What's your least favorite movie from 2005 through 2009? Uh, it's called 2001 Maniacs? Of course it is. Because it's awful. It's terrible. It's the worst bad movie I've ever seen. Yeah. We've seen some really bad, bad movies. Oh this boy, one, have we? We it was it was awful. Yeah, it was worse than Poker Run. Remember Poker Run? Vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> Blah. Uh, apparently, eight college students traveling to Florida for spring break stumble into a remote town in Georgia, where they are set upon by the residents who are out to avenge their deaths by Union troops over a hundred years earlier during the Civil War. It's a remake of an exploitation film. Sure, it was terrible. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah. I think we turned it off because it was so bad. Yeah, we did. So 25, 30 minutes in? Something like that. It yeah. was just terrible and not worth watching. No. Yeah. That was awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also ranked a one. Yeah. But I also have a movie called Isolation. Okay. It's It was a bad movie night that you weren't at. Okay. Um, here's, here's the synopsis. On a remote Irish farm... Five people become unwilling participants in an experiment that goes nightmarishly wrong. There is a cow birth, like a calf birth, in the film that takes 35 minutes. The film is an hour and 35 minutes long. Good God! I did not need to see that for 35 minutes. It, it, it made sense story-wise because there's a, it, it's essentially about a parasite. I don't want anyone to see this, so I'll spoil the hell out of it. It's essentially about a parasite that gets loose on a remote farm from a lab, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the cows got it, and yeah, but it just, 
it didn't stop. It was essentially the whole first half of the movie was building up towards, we have a pregnant cow, so we can't leave. Now the cow's giving birth. City Slickers did a cow birth in like 30 seconds. It was great. Yeah. Norman's awesome. Right? You should watch that. 